Welcome to The Nestro, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Today, we bring you a no-nonsense approach to wealth-building strategies in the crypto market. We'll touch on active and passive growth models, as well as covering some of the most common enemies of healthy portfolio management. The show will provide deep insights into how crypto OGs like SoCal and Crypto Burb rationalize the market and their positions throughout any stage in a market cycle. A quick side note as you hear us refer to acronyms like TA and FA. For our purposes, TA stands for Technical Analysis. This refers to the practice of breaking down the information of a price action chart, commonly seen in Japanese candle form. FA refers to Fundamental Analysis, which looks at the core bones of a venture and its strategic relationship to the broader market or trend set. You will not want to miss today's wealth-focused episode, and your portfolio will thank you for it in this episode of The Nest Show. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the ride. What The Nest Show is, this is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in The Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Today, we are joined by our guest, SoCal. SoCal got into crypto at the end of 2013, although he didn't join crypto Twitter for another seven months or so, just if you're checking there. SoCal helped to pioneer spec mining along with others like Not So Fast and continues to mine and train BTC and altcoins today, along with being a founding member of CoinHQ. And SoCal, for our listeners there who may not be familiar with it, why don't you tell us a little bit about CoinHQ and what people can expect when they visit the site? Sure thing. Uh, CoinHQ is basically uh, the brainchild of a group of old-time traders and uh I guess you could say crypto content producers, although that's not exactly how we started out. Uh, this idea we've kicked around for a while. It's basically, uh, uh, you know, we, we were doing shitcoin talk. Uh, myself, Dumb, Need a Coin, News, uh, Bitcoin Dad, all those guys. Uh, we were doing shitcoin talk and uh, realized that there wasn't, uh, there was a whole lot of uh, division within the uh, crypto content community and not only that but there was a severe lack of quality control so to speak you know there's people putting out low quality slash blatantly incorrect info to huge audiences and then there was people that were putting out really good quality content or info with very few uh viewers listeners whatever so uh we all kind of got together and decided that we were going to make a uh, network of all sorts of different uh, crypto or trading related shows that would have to pass our own personal quality assurance, I guess you could say, and that uh, we could put uh, get everybody together into one spot and just kind of make a one-stop shop for everything crypto content related, uh, whether it's trading TA, FA, mining, uh, news, or just interviews and, and you know, just entertainment BSing. Uh, we kind of have a little bit of everything. Right on, man. And we appreciate you uh, hosting this show on CoinHQ as well and, and everything that you're doing to, you know, put forth quality content and, and educational materials for the rest of the market. So appreciate you, man. Uh, joined today, uh, we are also here with Crypto Burb. Adrian, how are you doing, man? Yo, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here on this very podcast too. And that's that's going to be awesome. Right on, man. Yeah, we have uh, a really exciting show for listeners here. And, and I'm so thankful to have Sponge with us as well. Sponge, what's good, brother? What's happening, man? Uh, Sponge, as as per usual, you have curated a number of, of tasty questions for our guest today. Why don't you go ahead and, and jump in with a... Uh, with a question for SoCal to lead off. SoCal, um, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on mining as a, as a wealth creation vehicle. Um, I wanted to know 
you know, with your background and experience, could you tell us, can the average person get involved? Um, how easy is that? And, and can you start with a, with a low setup cost of, you know, the average person maybe with 5,000 in savings? Oh, yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, your biggest determining factor, though, is going to be your uh, cost of electricity. Uh, that's going to be your number one limiting factor on profitability. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I myself, I'm lucky that uh, I have uh, some of the lowest residential electricity prices in the U.S., so it makes it extremely easy for me to profitably mine. But I do know there are other spots in the country where the electrical costs easily go three to four times what I'm paying. So it would not be profitable to try and mine residentially there, uh, probably not even commercially, because uh, quite often, you know, commercial power is much cheaper than residential power. The, the startup cost is actually very cheap because you can start with just one GPU. You know, you, you don't need to have these big, huge warehouses full of ASICs or whatever. Uh, in, in fact, I myself, uh, I personally detest ASICs and stay away from them like the plague. Because <laughs> uh, it's very hard to, uh, it's not impossible, but it is extremely difficult to turn a profit with ASICs. And it has very little to do with their actual, uh, the, the cost of electricity when it comes to those. It has everything to do with the fact that uh you know, normally when a batch of ASICs is released, the net hash for whatever algorithm the ASIC is for on all those types of coins, net hash goes through the roof, which means difficulty goes up, which means rewards go down. So uh, it it's very hard to turn a profit with ASICs, and I, I just stay away from them. But uh, like I said, you can start mining with a single GPU uh like $250, $300 uh, for a GPU because most people already have computers, you know. So uh, chances are it's not going to cost you anything extra other than, you know, $300, $400 bucks for, for a GPU. Awesome, yeah. So so I guess there is, there is an entry level um, for the average person. But as you said, there's restrictions on electricity, which I guess is why obviously a lot of companies are, um, are heading abroad to, to cheaper parts of the world for that kind of thing. What about uh, investing? What kind of sort of risk aversion should the average person have? Do you think when it comes to investing, as you know, obviously not not everyone can be a trader, and we're talking about wealth creation. Obviously, a lot of people don't want to, or shouldn't at least, approach trading as a, as a way to create wealth, because obviously, like, as we all know, the statistic ninety percent lose money. So, so what sort of um, approach do you think is is wise in, when it comes to invest, investing? You know, obviously, got to preface this with all of crypto is extremely high risk. Uh, there's really nothing about uh, safe investing when it comes to crypto. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100% agreed on that. <laughs> but uh, some of the things you can do, I actually recently just did a small, not really a review, but, you know, recently just checked out uh, some some of these services like uh, BlockFi or whatever, and no, this is not sponsored. A service like BlockFi, they you know they take uh, uh, your crypto deposit and pay you interest because uh, they're also lending uh, crypto. And uh, the best thing is, at least for the uh, deposit, you know, earn interest portion, the savings, I guess you could say, portion. Uh, of their service is available to almost the entire United States, which, as we know right now, is kind of a big deal since uh, a lot of exchanges and, and whatnot are getting forced out. Now, BlockFi is not necessary, not really an exchange per se. Like I said, it's more like a kind of like a, a savings account, I guess. It would be the, the easiest thing to equate it to. Uh, but, you know, something like that, you can do absolutely zero trading and earn interest on uh, whatever assets you deposit, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, USDC, or any other one of the assets that they accept. Uh, and uh, yes, there's opportunity costs, blah, blah, blah. But like we're saying, for the average individual that isn't a uh, highly experienced and skilled trader, uh, this is a much lower risk uh, way to you know, uh, grow capital uh, within crypto uh, with relatively, like I said, uh, lower risk than actively trading. Right on. Adrian, as you know, there are any number of listeners out here who, you know, range from, you know, complete newbie to, uh, you know, some of your OG buddies uh, listening to the podcast. So 
I wanted to ask, uh, in terms of general tips, no matter where somebody is in the game, if they're, you know, sitting on a, uh, a fat stack of, of thousands of BTC or, or someone who's just trying to cobble together their, their first BTC, uh, are there uh, any kind of universal tips that you could provide on how to capture and increase wealth in this market? Yeah, sure. Uh, more, more than obviously, yeah. I completely and totally and fully agree with what Sokal said about uh, the fact that there is nothing unrisky about crypto trading. It's complete mess with regard to, uh, you know, it's completely insecure, right? It's barely, barely supervised by securities and exchange commissions, okay, all over the world. Uh, same situation is in Poland. I don't think any, uh, any like, not, it's not even about being 100% allowed. Uh, and on top of that, like we are not a hub for, for startup projects regard, from, from the crypto industry, from the blockchain, okay? That's that's a huge shame. That's a huge shame. And um, But all in all, it corresponds only for with how we as people, like in my country, but I think it, it, is, it just uh, corresponds with, with every other country all around the globe right now, is that it comes with a big risk. It comes with a huge risk. So first rule, first rule of starting to, you know, uh, get interested in crypto trading is to be 100% aware that everything you do any day for any reason can be lost, okay? And we are not even talking about uh, some simply mistakes that you, that you I don't know, mix up some, some wallet addresses and or just, you know, flip uh, you know, a, a bad, bad letter and b- bad character you put in um, in your wallet address, right? And then, if, and then if everything is lost pretty much. Um, or just, I don't know, such newbie, um, you know, mistakes as, as as simply sending, I don't know, Bitcoin to uh, to, to Ethereum address, right? Or, uh, or, or similar. But so with all that, with all that, for any, I think it applies to every field, literally, in, in life, before you take up and before you start actively searching for solutions, you need to do your own research first, right? Which includes um, gaining the knowledge needed to, to perform your, your goals. That, co- that should go without saying, but at the same time, it's completely not performed at all. Like if you go and watch around your well, what, what people around you are doing, right? That's, that's the reason why 80% of people were completely broke after the recent bear market in 2018, Okay, and um, having any rational and every any rational, you know, comes from having plan, from having logical approach, and uh, obviously, as I said, the part of this logical approach is being able to perform the analysis first, right? You need to come and perform the analysis for uh, for for any investment. Any investment is simply buying it with uh, with risks. That 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 should go without saying. You can lose your money just simply from taking out of your sock. Right, hanging it on the wall, and then and because there is a chance that wind, wind, wind blows and blows totally your your money away from your hands. So definitely analysis part, right? And there comes the question for what type of analysis. And this this well, obviously it's always best to know more than, rather than less. So my suggestion is definitely now uh, to go and learn about financial analysis for how it works, how it works on regular markets, on legacy markets, like what brings and creates a value, perceived value for, for a given asset to have any value whatsoever. And what does it stem from? What, what does it come from? How it's shaped? How people shape the value? This applies well to technical analysis, to fundamental analysis, to intermarket analysis, which is also hugely important for how the capital uh, flows between the different markets and what kinds of events simply make it flow around all around the markets. And on top of that, you just uh, go ahead and perform the sentiment analysis, right? You just go and watch the fear and create factor. This is a very starting point, and I would always start with the education first. Thanks, Bob. Um, so, Cal, leading it back onto you, um, when it comes to to sort of fundamental analysis versus technical analysis, um, do you think there's there's a one superior approach or do you think a combination of both is better and 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 how do you go about it um when you're picking out good projects to invest in or to trade yeah uh i actually think the whole argument between ta versus fa is stupid if you're smart you use both 
I mean, there doesn't have, you know, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. So um, I, I use both, but I tend to use them uh, differently depending on what I'm doing. I use FA more often when I'm looking to buy spot positions uh, uh, longer term on, uh, you know, the higher time frames, looking at, you know, months to even years that I'm willing to hold these coins because I believe that they have, you know, solid long term growth potential and or benefits to uh, holding long term, i.e. if it's, a, a, you know, a proof of stake type coin where it has interest that you can earn or, or something like that. Uh, you know, I'll utilize FA more than uh, TA when it comes to uh, those kinds of situations. But when I'm actively trading on lower time frames, you know, either intraday or uh, even just within the span of a few days, then uh, I tend to use TA far more than FA uh, simply for the fact that, uh, you know, just how it works. TA is much better uh, short term, uh, you know, for short term movements, and FA tends to work out better for longer term movements. So, uh, at, at least in my experience and in my opinion. So uh, that's basically how I use them. I don't, I don't stick with one or the other. I utilize them in entirely separate ways, but I do utilize both. Right now, this is a question that I'd, I'd like to uh, extend to both Adrian and SoCal, uh, if you guys don't mind. But so often with any goals that we're looking to achieve, be it wealth, health-wise, or any category of goal, one of, the, one of the biggest things we can do is to stop doing the things that detract from the accomplishment of the goal. So in terms of, of building wealth, especially in the crypto market, you know, what are some of the, uh, some of the biggest, um, you know, mistakes or, um, you know, uh, capital eroding events that uh, a new or intermediate or even an expert trader could stop doing in order to uh, better preserve and uh, grow their capital? This is a very good question. And um, as much as I'm thinking right now, um, and on top of what Sokal was just, you know, has just said with with regard to FA and TA comparison, which I agree with, of course, the greatest enemy of any big money, of any big money, if we are talking about big money, you know, uh, some hedge funds or, or or you know, some big whales like individual whales or just simply you know more institutional supervised whales, I think is putting the capital like making it work every single second this is extremely dangerous loop to put your capital in i think preserving your capital simply for protecting it well um while sustaining this sustaining i think this is the key word uh performing the sustainable growth uh is simply the, the key okay what you need to what you need to achieve to, to, to be rich at some point, you need to make sure that what you're doing is predictable. You need to make sure that what you're doing is simply uh, working well and it's just increasing gradually your 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 equity curve, right? Or your portfolio curve, portfolio value for, uh, be it if you're, you know, like a fund, be it for your, for your clients, right? Uh, or, or stakeholders, whatever. Or just simply being an individual uh, that, that wants to trade and just simply uh, increase this stake over the time. Why I'm saying all that? You know, there are different ways to on how to protect um, the capital earnings and then still be profitable, still make it work, still make it increase for for the portfolio parts like that. And uh, one of the op one of the you know ways to go is just simply getting in touch with with options, right? Hedging hedging your capital instead of going and playing pure speculation wise. And then and just using purely technical analysis, etc. You can get, just go and use different, you know, financial instruments, right? Different derivatives, many different options that you can go and 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 put your bigger money in. Because if you're if you're having like a big money, there is this effect of scale, right? You don't need to simply expose your capital a huge part to to make big money. Because if you're playing with millions of dollars, if a one percent move can add up like huge chunk of your money. To, to to on top of your portfolio, so uh, this is I think the, the the greatest trap for all the traders because there's a tendency that the lower portfolio you own 
uh, the greater risks you are taking, your risk aversion profile, let's say, is, is, is highly exposed to risk constantly, right? Because you're having like not much money, so you want to get rich even faster. So we are able to, uh, you know, just rely purely on emotions rather than rational reasons just to make sure that you make this to, to, to X. But at the same time, as I already mentioned the other day, you end up, um, you end up being a, like a, you know, like a bait for a whale, right? To just grab the liquidity out of you because you, you just simply don't make money when you have small money. So this is like a completely opposite edge, opposite extreme for preserving your capital with big money. Right? If you've already earned big money, you need to learn how to preserve it. And one of the options is to preserve it with, op with options, simply. And uh, what I love about being able to use it is simply, as we discussed with, with a few guys the other day, it was before the backed launched. Or it was even the live stream, I believe, that I was running the other, like back then. I was I was doing some charting, charting, live charting, and uh, we were talking. I can remember the potential impact of backed, uh, brought by just simply by, brought by by options for the Bitcoin price, and I was very bullish on that fundamentally. It was not wrong, I assume after the effects like from the from the hindsight so far, and uh, being able enabling bigger money to stake and to go with options, to hedging their portfolios with options that's still being profitable with the market. Like, I think that just gives the huge demand increase, huge demand and huge money influx to, to the Bitcoin, you know, interest itself, right? Uh, like, if you go and watch the open interest, for example, like, it's been it's been in uptrend, like, for, for a couple of months already, uh, starting from, from the end of the November, I believe. So this is only a confirmation how big money works. This is only a confirmation that big money searches actively for diversification tools and still willing to be, they are still willing to be profitable on that and participate in potential huge financial revolution that Bitcoin might be, right? And this is, I think, a great way to preserve your capital, but this obviously needs to own this capital at first. Right on, Adrian. You bring up some great points there. Uh, and I want to extend the, the same question to SoCal, uh, as, he, as he also has extensive experience in the market. SoCal, uh, you know, from your experience and from uh, relationships with other traders at, at any point in the game, you know, be it uh, OGs, whales, or, or newbies coming in from other markets, et cetera, you know, what, what are some of the most common kind of universal mistakes that you see that are uh, preventing, um, you know, profitable traders from from maximizing their gains or or cannibalizing their gains and preventing them from really taking the next step and and accumulating wealth. It normally boils down to two things, which is improper risk management and impatience. Uh, that is mainly the two biggest issues. No matter who you are. Uh, how long you've been trading, uh, those two things will get you if you don't, you know, handle up on them properly. If you don't practice proper risk management, one wrong trade could blow out your entire portfolio, uh, you know, if, if you made bad decisions and, and, you know, put way too much into one trade. You could blow out your entire portfolio in one trade. Uh and then, you know, when it comes to impatience, uh, it could literally just be that, you know, you overtrade yourself into a loss uh, because, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're too impatient to wait for the move uh, you need to get into profit. So you're constantly exiting and entering positions, uh, just overtrading yourself to death because uh, not only will losses add up and multiply, but all those fees will just eat up your capital. Uh, so, uh, like I said, th those uh, I've I've seen are, are the two pretty universal things that will just destroy uh, a trader. What sort of resources have you found useful personally for, for understanding the use of, of technical analysis or fundamental analysis? You know, we've all seen those ridiculous YouTube adverts for learning how to trade, or you know, whatever it may be. But but what what where are the real places where we can find that that kind of information to benefit us in in wealth creation in this market? Where I started to learn all my uh, basics, 
I guess you could say, was actually Baby Pips, uh, www.babypips.com. Uh, it's it's about forex trading, but it 99.9% applies to crypto trading. So, I mean, the vast majority of it applies to at least when it comes to the TAFA portions of uh, of babies uh, of the baby pips, uh, you know, uh, educational materials. It all of it almost exactly applies to crypto as well. So uh, I learned a lot of the fundamentals from that. And the greatest thing is it's all free. So it doesn't cost a single thing to do any of the courses uh, on uh, baby pips. But then uh, after that, it was basically just experience and talking to other traders, discussing uh, trade ideas with traders that I, you know, I knew personally and trusted, you know, stuff like that, that I knew were also, uh, at, you know, competent traders and, you know, just bouncing ideas off of each other, learning different different things from each other. Uh, so that's, and that's basically it, you know, just, uh, learn the fundamentals from baby pips and then the rest of it is by experience, really. Same question to you, Adrian, what, what are some of the resources that, that you leveraged, uh, early on in your trading career and, and some other resources that you continue to leverage to this day? Yeah, sure. So, uh, back then, you know, if I, if I had known, there would be such a platform as Nest, I would have said probably the Burb Nest, right? <laughs> the Burb Nest website and free materials, obviously. But um, in, all, in all seriousness, though, um, as I already brought the point, I think that starting up with reading classic books is what gets you the actual edge, okay? What gives you the actual edge over the majority of people because people are fucking lazy nowadays. Nobody will ever read a book anymore, okay? Because they are like somebody. One of my one of my professors the other day on on, uh, on the school of economics of when I was doing my second masters. He was very. There was a discussion. There was a discussion about um, about the productivity uh, and, and and how it corresponds with with the you know with the economics pretty much. And uh, we came up to the conclusion that. Mm, but we as a civilization, we, we, we are just on our way to make a full cycle. Uh, sorry, full cycle, but a full circle as well with regard to our cognitive skills because we started off, we kicked off from, uh, you know, some pictograms, right? That's that's how we call it in English, I believe. Some, you know, pictograms or some a ancient pictures, right, that they were doing on the wall. And uh, what we end up doing right now uh, is pretty much like coming back to the very same pictures, right? We don't, we developed a huge language, we develop, you know, all, all the language grammar, grammatical systems, right? And I think this is this is simply making a four cycle because we are just getting back to the pictures. We're just getting back to the, you know, to the memes, right? I cannot live without memes, bro. But uh, but I gotta tell you, like, people are getting stupid, more stupid, and simply more and more stupid every day. And that's kind of like proven to make it nowadays good selling book for example you need to put a lot of pictures because people learn from pictures back again and uh like or they don't even they can't watch videos okay they can watch videos but they videos like they need to be fucking 13 minutes because otherwise they would not watch this shit if you especially if you're coming for knowledge people want to get fast people want to get everything fast and that's is this is kind of like you know coming from from the pace that we as a civilization simply put on our exponential growth for um for recent centuries and i think um and i think definitely you know just following up on the good book good old books coming back to these sources getting a good a good read is um is definitely what, what you need to gain the to gain the edge over the over the other traders or just simply you know people you meet and uh, so this is definitely like unlimited source, you can go and read books, you can go and read ebooks even, right? You don't need to have a physical copy for that. On top of that, I definitely um, started from reading books, and this is what I keep suggesting to everybody. On top of that, I also suggest it would be good if somebody is good at maths, okay, to to be able to perform well in your in your money collecting. You need to be good at maths and counting money simply, and uh, so. It doesn't only apply to, you know, just some regular summation equations, right, etc. But it also addresses the basic logics behind it. And without the logical 
skills without the skills of you know of, of logical mm, performance you're not able to simply learn to absorb the knowledge not even mention to further gain money from the knowledge so i definitely send everybody back to the book that's what i'm doing that's what i was not even reason um sorry not even raised to to do but that's what i pretty much like come up as a conclusion with yeah and and on the ta portion especially you're you couldn't be more correct that on for books that come from you know uh even great depression era market activity you know a lot of those uh same you know kind of fundamental approaches to the market you know still uh hold to form you know be it a stock to flow models or or other kind of you know market psychology approaches where you know the psychology of the masses hasn't changed you know the vehicles with which we use to uh, you know navigate the market perhaps have you know but the basic tenets underlying you know the market um yeah have not changed so you know uh, people are drawn to what's new and shiny uh, but you know just because you're picking up a book from the 50s doesn't mean that it doesn't have timeless value in it that could be translated in today's market so i would uh, urge anyone to to do their homework and read up and that brings me to another point uh, on uh, the fundamental side you know and in terms of pure generation of wealth you know the the highest returns are not going to be from uh, from swing trades or from scalps or from low time frame uh, entries and exits, but they're going to be from, you know, early investments, uh, projects that no one has heard of and holding on to those projects, uh, until, uh, various fundamental, uh, aspects, uh, bear fruit. It's, it, it captures the fascination of, you know, the communities on, on Twitter and, you know, telegram forums, you know, about the next hundred X or the next thousand X or, um, you know, which is why so many people entered the market in the first place. They saw, you know, the bull run and, and Ethereum, Ripple and, and Bitcoin meant, um, you know, thousands of, of uh, new, uh, you know, decimillionaires uh, and, and think, oh, well, I can find the next Ethereum. History uh, doesn't repeat, but it, but it often does rhyme. You know, and at this stage of the market, you know, those kind of unicorn projects are going to be further and fewer between. But uh, it's not just a matter of being in the market and participating day to day as we are. You still have to do the work, you know, um, you know, barring some kind of, you know, huge capital migration from legacy markets to crypto, which I do see eventually happening. You know, you still have to to, you know, get down in the weeds and, you know, be it, you know, Bitcoin talk or, or various, you know, kind of uh, subreddit forums, you know, but by the time, uh, mostly by the time that you start seeing, you know, various three letter monikers uh, with a, you know, dollar side on them on Twitter, you know, usually, you know, someone is trying to market the bag that they're already holding, you know, which means that uh, in a lot of cases, you're you're buying someone else's bag, you know. So, I I can't uh, I can't say highly enough uh, about uh, fundamental analysis and uh, and its capacity for generation of wealth. It takes work, and it takes sticking with your guns, and oftentimes it takes uh, it takes time, and it takes kind of staring down a long dark hallway of you know whether or not you're sitting on a worthless bag that will ever um, amount to anything or uh, whether you have true conviction uh, in your um, uh, philosophy uh, as to the true value of a project and um, uh, why it will eventually uh, realize that value. You know, So for people looking to truly generate wealth, um, please do not um, uh, deny the value of fundamental analysis uh, and its uh, its value over time. <laughs> so, Cal, I, I see you in the chat here. Um, I do have uh, a, a question for you. You know, with your your experience uh, from early on, you know, you you were engaged in the market. You know, during the time that I mentioned where, you know, there were you know many kind of new uh, uh, millionaires 
uh, printed, you know, from uh, from the great uh, uh, bull runs, you know, that that uh, uh, occurred a couple years ago. Within your community, could you tell us, uh, without naming names, one success story of someone who kind of grew up, you know, uh, into those gains, and one, um, you know, one uh, basically cautionary tale of someone who had it but couldn't sustain it due to, uh, you know, poor practice or or uh, a poor uh, trading psychology? Oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and name names but because uh, everybody knows them anyway. Here we go. Yeah, everybody everybody knows them anyway. But uh, obviously, uh, your, your perfect success story, I guess you could say, would be, uh, you know, somebody like Angela. Uh, Angelo BTC on Twitter. Uh, he's pretty, pretty quiet now because I mean, he made it, you know what I mean? He doesn't, doesn't have to do shit anymore. That's why I'm saying he's the perfect, uh, success story because he made it, he made his money and he retired more or less. I mean, he still plays the markets a little bit and tweets extremely rarely, but uh, I remember back when he was young and hungry and, and active. So, uh, like I said, Angelo, perfect uh, success story right there, example. And then perfect fail story. Everybody in crypto should know this one, but uh, Ash Drake. <laughs> and that was a failure of trading psychology, as you said. Uh, he got far too tunnel visioned. Uh, on the bear market, uh, the the first really brutal bear market from when Bitcoin originally hit 1300 at the end of 2013, and then wicked, then bled out to the 200s, and actually wicked down to 150 at one point over the next two years. Uh, that just really obviously destroyed Ashtray. Uh, you know, how he dealt with the, the market and he just became a perma bear. And when the market turned, he failed to recognize that and tried to short uh, Bitcoin uh, right before the 2017 run. And oh, he, God. yeah, he got annihilated and he, he quit Twitter. So, I mean, famously got annihilated. I mean, his famous last tweet was, wait for the bounce, then short the corn. And that was right before we, we started. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that was. I didn't know where that was that where that came from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that was Ash Drake. <laughs> that was literally his last oh, tweet man. right before the huge run uh, that started, that led to 20,000. Uh, right before Bitcoin just took off at the very end of, uh, well, Bitcoin took off at the very beginning of 2017. He tweeted that, I believe, at the very end of 2016 and that was basically his last tweet so yeah that's where that came from was asterisk i'm picturing uh him saying hold my beer before jumping off <laughs> yeah. the diving board into the sun you know i'm just like yep good luck yeah that's basically what happened i mean so those are two very very good and very public examples of a a success story and b a big not success story so i mean you know it, and that was like i said with ashtrake it was just a, a failure of his trading mentality and he just got tunnel visioned on on the bear market and you know just let it let it destroy him <laughs> you know he didn't think that there would ever be another bull market again and thought it was going to zero and well he got blown out and he was a large, he was a large successful trader at the time as well. So uh, I don't know exactly how he got, uh, you know, how much he lost, but I would assume it was a very significant chunk. Wow. Well, all I can say is, Astrake, if you're listening, um, my heart goes out to you, dude. In all seriousness, I hope that I hope that you're doing well, and I hope that you've you've learned. And if anything else, you can. Uh, tell us it's it's only money well la last uh, i heard he's still alive and kicking he's just no longer has anything to do with crypto yeah i can imagine the ptsd from that would have to be pretty severe well guys uh i i know that uh we've given our listeners a lot to go on here i'd, I'd like to invite you all to get together some final thoughts and and any kind of uh nuggets that that you'd like to to leave our, our listeners with 
Um, Sponge, did you have anything to start us out with? Sure, yeah. Um, well, when it comes to, to fundamental analysis and technical analysis, I think my main point on the matter would be that technical analysis um, changes, it evolves over time. There are some timeless techniques, but there are things that work in some markets, don't work in others. You know, everyone will find their own personal edge when it comes to technical analysis, and that, that will take time. Um, <clears throat> you've got to, you know, find those educational resources like Baby Pips or Investopedia, learn the basics and, and, uh, and get into it from there. But when it comes to fundamental analysis, at least, I think, it's, uh, I think it is just timeless. I don't, I don't think fundamental analysis really changes. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a broad variance in, in its effectiveness, depending on how you use it. But certainly there's things like transferable skills from, from say, stock, stock traders. Like, um, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a stock trader, but from very early on in my life, I, I was involved with, with buying stocks and selling stocks with my dad. That's how I actually got into trading. And uh, things like, you know, the fundamental side of stocks is, uh, is, a, huge, is a huge area that I think is transferable to, to uh, crypto, like things like stock buybacks or earnings. Um, I think in terms of crypto, they, those things evolved into like stuff like partnerships or coin burns, supply, supply reductions and, and product releases. And uh, yeah, I think, I think people can, can certainly leverage that kind of situation to, to give themselves an edge in the market. And I think also global events, we touched on that a little while ago when we had the podcast about the coronavirus um, and how it may or may not affect crypto. Um, certainly in Forex world events are, are like factor in at least uh, the reaction from markets. And I, yeah, and I, catalyst. Catalyst, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, they're certainly a, global events are a good catalyst for, for, for global market events. And um, I think that that will, if not already, I think it will over time as the market matures, I think that will come into, into things like crypto. People potentially using, say, Bitcoin as a, as, a, as a hedge because of the transferability of it, how we can, you know, make cross-border payments, whereas you can't do that with gold and things like that. There's, there's a whole argument that side of things. But I think over the course of the next few years, if uh, Bitcoin's legitimacy comes out, I think, I think the fundamental side of things will actually play a larger factor long term than technical analysis will. Very true. Uh, Adrian, would you like to give us any uh, final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, I would still emphasize I would still put a main emphasis here for, for the education aspect and uh, any t anything you could take up on and uh, any, you know, I, I think w what we've brought here with, uh, with regard to the, all the failures and successes, the success stories and failure stories is the most important part is to keep it actively improving simply. Right? You need to you need to put yourself as like into into an algorithm loop kind of right. You just need to work like an AI, like a learning machine. You just need to go and come up based on the data and experience you gather. You need to go up and decide uh, if the if the like if the decisions that you made uh, are the ones that you should have made, and and if not, then just go and decide and elaborate on why it didn't happen as you as you as you just simply predicted it to happen. And uh, what could have been done better, right? And uh, implement the changes. See how they see how they you know how how they impact the overall aspect, the overall aspect. Sorry of, of of getting wins or not. And again, you need to you need to monitor the later, right? Conclude and put yourself in the in the loop until you find a solution. Simply, and this corresponds not only with trading but in actual every damn field of your life. This as simple as it sounds, as obvious as it sounds. Now, I think unless somebody says that, it's not this obvious, right? And um, I think this is, this is a huge edge of being able to stand back, stand up on your feet right after a huge loss, right after huge failure, right? You just choose not to give up. The moment you give up, this is when you fucking lose, okay? And until you, until you, until you give up, there is like a huge variety of 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 choices you can make to improve your overall situation, right? And uh, so don't give up. Learn, keep learning, keep improving, and on top of that, just you know, be surrounded with good people. Be surrounded with good people that just want to help you, right? It's not really getting easier if somebody around you is just trying to actually just you know hold you back, right? Like we all know how hard it's it's how hard it is to to get a good education in schools. Right, the school system, the whole education system, now uh, worldwide is really suffering a lot. Right, it's really performing bad. Like at least 
based on the data that I've got and on my own personal experience. And uh, so it's hugely important to find the right people to follow, to find the right people to stay with and uh, just simply to learn. And everybody needs a mentor at one point. You just need to find somebody to rely on, be it some, some kind of like an authority, be it, you know, your, your family members, your, your parents, your, I don't know, fiancé. This way, like merging all of these steps that I mentioned, and this is, I think, when you sum it up, when you add it up all together, I think this is like a good equation on how to stay uh, in the game profitably in the long term. Absolutely, Adrian. You've given us a lot to think about there. Um, what about you, SoCal? Uh, anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with as we kind of wrap things up here? First off, you know, do, uh, you know, as get as many educational materials as possible and go through them all. And you have to be aware that, especially if you're just starting, uh, everything you put in, you are most likely going to lose. So obviously don't take out a third mortgage on the house and dip into the kid's college fund and all that kind of stuff to lo- to fund your account. Don't do that. That's a terrible decision. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, just just learn learn the fundamentals and be aware that you will most likely lose whatever you put into the market if you are just starting out uh, until you learn to be able to become a consistently profitable trader. That's very true, man. Um, and my final thoughts for listeners out there, um, this may get a little metaphysical, but uh, I would just like to encourage people to invest in your own mind, you know, and what we invest in, we pay attention to. So pay attention to where your mind is going. I may have mentioned my dad on here before, but he has uh, a great saying that uh, really resonates with me. And that's what you focus on increases, you know? So if you want more wealth and if you're really looking to generate more wealth, uh, be of a wealth mindset, you know, and that you are thinking on wealth and, you know, uh, generating positive emotions and, and, you know, really, you know, trying to, uh, iconify, uh, you know, the, the feeling of what a, what a big win is, you know, and, um, you know, exact more feelings like that, you know, to, to, you know, really become a, you know, a magnet for that kind of activity. You know, if, if you've ever been down in your life with which I'm sure all of us have, you know, we'll agree that there are certain times where it seems like nothing can go right, you know, and where you just feel like a walking storm cloud. And there are going to be people in your life where you can say, oh, man, nothing good can happen to this person. They just keep on, you know, one bad break or one accident after another, yada, yada, you know. So I would just say that what you focus on increases. If you focus on everything, like in the market, so many inputs, then truly you're focusing on nothing, you know? So, so be a curator of your mind and what you pay attention to. If something is not making you feel good, then um, uh, adjust the dial and, you know, focus on solutions and where you can build, where you can grow, and your portfolio balance will reflect that. The, the Buddhists have a saying, if you want to see a man's past, look at his body today. And if you want to see a man's future, look at his mind today. I, I couldn't help but agree with that. Even though I'm not a Buddhist, they figured some stuff out. So be a curator of your mind and your portfolio will prosper. Guys, I, I want to thank you so much for being here today with us. We've had a great show and you've shared a lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge with our listeners. So on behalf of our listeners, Thank you so much. SoCal, thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Adrian, Crypto Burb, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure as always. Thanks, guys. And Sponge, my fearless co-host, I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you, brother. I saw you, man. My pleasure. I'll catch you on the next one. Just as, a, as in the previous episode, I promised to choose in this very episode another winner for the giveaway that, that was pretty much like uh, focused around our 50% discounts and promotions, etc. Uh, for for every uh, the Burnest subscription program exclusive subscription, and uh, this very giveaway, okay, as it says, uh, was about free hoodie of what of one's choice, and uh, it was the steps to like, retweet, and follow the Burb Nest, and simply 
let's let's copy paste the link for the random retweeter as as just a just as a recent, a recent time i'm marking out again that i'm not a fucking robot and this fucking time i need to go and pick these autobuses okay that's crazy uh pick a winner and the winner is renatko hey yo <laughs> our um our happy member already for for the bird nest uh and this is this is very very good and i'm very happy that you um that the free hoodie of your own choice goes to you into your home place and i'll make sure to go and uh ship it to you free and free of any cost and uh yeah, congratulations on it. You deserve it. Well deserved. Congrats. Cheers. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where the official team handle is at the Burb Nest, where SoCal can be reached at SoCal underscore crypto. Bagsy is at I'm Bagsy. Burb is at Crypto Burb. Sponge is at SpongeCoin Bob. And I'm at Benjamin T1717. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us by visiting theburbnest.com discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestshow at theburbnest.com. After much demand, we are excited to finally introduce a host of delicious merch. Starting with my favorite, an assortment of comfortable hoodies. You can now sport your Burbnest pride in style with our branded goodies. Be sure to visit theburbnest.com slash merch for more info. And don't forget to check out at CryptoBurb on Twitter for ongoing merch giveaways and more ways to participate with our community. This podcast has been brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on.